Hello and welcome to Starkey's monthly webinar held in our main offices in Baltimore, Maryland. Held the last Wednesday of every month at 12 noon Eastern. I'm your host, Rabbi Tzvi Goldberg, and our guest today is Rabbi Mayor Kurzfeld. Thank you, Rabbi Kurzfeld, for coming on again. The, you can uh, join us by phone, uh, just for the audio, at 218-895-1203. PASCO 2020 pound. If you have any questions, concerns, shilas, you can email us at info at star-k.org or call us. From the kosher community. Um, you can see on your left side of your screen right here, actually I'm going to change it to uh, the bottom of your screen. You can see there's a chat, there's a chat uh, button and um, we'd like to hear from you. You can, you can talk to us if you have any questions or concerns. Today we're going to speak about kosher behind bars. Uh, providing kosher food, Star K's efforts to provide kosher food for prisoners, uh, and um, some might say, I think Rabbi Kurzweil, that um, people who are in prison, sometimes they are there for a reason, and uh, why do we take the effort to provide kosher for them? But that's, I just want to say at the outset, that's not our uh, position. Our position is anyone who wants kosher, uh, we're here to provide it for them, you know, other issues can be dealt with other uh, rabbonim or different parts of, of, of society. But we are here, if someone requests kosher, we are here to do our best to provide it at the highest level that's possible. Right. Do you agree with that? hundred percent. Okay, so um, we're certainly not advocating uh, going to the prison <laughs> to see what the kosher food is over there. It's uh, uh, not as even good as the airline food, I don't think. So it's nothing special. No comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so let, let's start with, uh, with how you got involved, Eric Kurzweil, with this uh, program which evolved in, 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 in a big way over the years. Right. So where, where did it all begin? Okay, so just a, a real uh, quick background to this whole story. Originally, um, I was the kosher food inspector for Baltimore City and Baltimore County. And that was before many of these laws were found unconstitutional by courts, both in New Jersey, here eventually Maryland. Did you, have a, did you have a badge? I had a badge and I had an actual uh, ID from the state, from when the Jimmy. When you come in, you say, and people were shocked. I'm Rabbi Kurtzfeld. When I used to come in and inspect it, <laughs> and I do want to add something, just that just people should know. I was always very fair because we, I was also involved in Star Case certification at that time. This is, goes in the 80s, this is in the mid 80s. That's when I uh, started uh, here as far as the early 80s, and I was the food inspector. So I always used to do, I had to get people to trust me. Right. And the way I got other, there were so many other people here under different Ashkafas. And I used to come in and check. So to get people to trust you that you're not trying to, you know, oh. just, I'll use the word bashmutz them. That I had one rule and they knew I was always very fair and very honest. If it was a star cake policy, you never got a violation. But if I found something that was a strict, definitive violation, regardless of whether you were a star cake certified facility, or whether you are not a Starcave certified facility, I would write up the report and send it into the city or to the county. So, for example, something as stark as Milikik's inflation or something that would happen, if I find something like that, 
again, it didn't, it wasn't common to find, uh, but um, but if that's all, that was what I wanted to show people. If it's a clearly a kosher rule, it's uh -huh. clearly in Shulchan Aruch, and it got written up. It was a, it got rectified. The only time the state, the city, or the county ever went further, if it was a serious violation, not just a careless violation, and um, if you if you did not fix it. So if it was a serious violation, like when I found Traif chicken in a place, they, they got taken to court. That's, there's no answer to that. That's what the kosher laws were for. But if it's just a carelessness, you mix by mistake something you didn't realize, like we do in our own homes, milk got mixed with flesh, it got popped with this, I'd write the report, immediately, you know, it was removed, I would write what, what, what the action was. That was the end of it. That they would do. But I did it for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got the trust of the other uh, vendors here. In words, you went into uh, 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 establishments that were certified by other agencies. Correct. Okay. Correct. And you, you were, you were, because you were working for the state, city and county. City, oh, city and county. Correct. Not state. Okay. Okay. So once I, I had that, mm -hmm. so now let me skip. So that was in the 80s. In 1991, there was a suit brought. It's, I have a copy of it right here. His name was uh, it was Cooper. And um, this, his name is Richard David Cooper. He was an inmate here in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And he brought a, um, a suit against Maryland, one of the original early suits, that, to provide him with kosher food. The only kosher food he was able to eat was ever, whatever's there, an apple, an orange, if there was Rice Krispies, milk. And he said, this is unfair, this is not whatever it was. So he brought a suit against uh, Maryland, and that's when I got involved. I put it up on the screen. Yes. So I could see that. You're, you're mentioning here in the curriculum. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they came to me is because they knew me already as an inspector. I was, I was still functioning as an inspector. We had not yet found <clears throat> the kosher laws uh, as a, unconstitutional. Um, interestingly to note, they became unconstitutional by the time I gave a violation to a guy named uh, Borgodi. He was a nephew of the famous Borgodi in, uh, in Israel, mm -hmm. who's now serving a life sentence for bombings in Eretz Yisrael. Mm. And uh, I started off with, uh, he had a violation in one of his stores. <laughs> and he said, who are you, Rabbi, to tell me what to do, and the rest is history. Wow. But anyway, getting back to this story. It's unconstitutional in Maryland. It became all the places, one built on the next. First it was New Jersey became unconstitutional, uh -huh. then Maryland said it was uh -huh. unconstitutional. Getting back to the story here, in 1991 this suit was brought against the state, and I was, no, come, to, to, they were trying to settle it. They didn't want to have to go to court. And they were trying to figure out a way to, to settle it. So I got contacted, being that I was the inspector of the, uh, of the city and county. Somebody mentioned my name. And I was brought into the jail, not as an inmate, but as a, uh, a consultant, and to come in to review. And at that time, all I did, they asked me one thing. Could you identify everything that we already have that is kosher? Mm -hmm. What do we already have in-house? They didn't know. What, if right now we wanted to serve what we already have, whether it's bread, butter, cheese, yogurt, I'm not just talking about fruit. What is kosher? And that's what I did. I went through all their inventory that they had that was prepackaged or whatever it was, not nothing to do with cooking, mm -hmm. and made a list of what that because was. Because a lot of things are kosher. Are kosher from the, from the get-go. Cheerios, <clears throat> you know, whatever. That's what I did. Right. And that was the request I was made, and that's mm -hmm. all I did. I did explain to them what the issues were because a lot of them were not knowledgeable what kosher was. And the end of the story was that, of course, they didn't understand 
how you could take kosher stuff and make it not kosher. I explained to them, so that was my first experience inside a correctional facility uh, of what goes on there behind the scenes. So we went through all the things, but at the end, all I did for them at that time was identify what already in-house was 1,000% kosher and what they could serve to this individual who was the first person who bought a suit. And he lost, right? He and lost at the end... He lost his case? Uh, yes, and the end was that the Judge Motz, M-O-T-Z, uh, a Paskind, he decided that there, based on a Supreme Court ruling that there is a constitutional uh, thing that uh, people do have to have kosher, and you try your best, not kosher, religious needs, that the correctional facilities across the United States must provide uh, uh, um, for the needs of religion in, in their correctional, as long as it does not conflict with some other you know, need for, for example, security or something like that. And they have, to, they have to balance between security needs and the religious needs. Um, and at the end, the Judge Mats Paskind, he, uh, he, he, uh, his, his, his uh, assessment was, based on the amount of food that they could be given, um, it, met, it met the minimum nutritional values, uh -huh. and that there's no reason that they have to pay because for them, the state was right, the it payment. It was a matter of cost. I, had, yeah. I put up on the screen. Cost the difference was? He could get breakfast for 50 cents if he would eat what, what was already there. Exactly. If they had to provide it for him, it would be between 250 and uh, yeah, but I do want to add just one thing that you don't see in that suit, and okay. then we'll go weiter. Yeah. The, the state was ready and willing to give him the full kosher meals. One person, they said, you know what? It's not worth the amount of money of litigation. We will give you what you want, and give them, let's say, the, the meal mart meals. Even, even though they lost? Even though no, lost. That, that, no, before they actually oh, litigated it. They said, you know what, if, meaning once I gave my presentation, they said, you know what, it's not worth the amount of money with course for litigation. Okay. Let's give Cooper or any Jews, a few Jews they had there, anybody who wants, we'll give them the, the airline meals, a little better stuff, and even though it cost much more money. But what happened was, and this is why they went to litigation, the Muslims found out about it. Oh. And that raised the amount of people uh -huh. from, let's say, 14 people. I'm making up a number. It wasn't that many in those days. But to 300, uh -huh. they said, are you giving to the Jews? Then give us kosher halal. Uh -huh. And then they said, well, it's that, 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 that's a budget breaker. Uh -huh. Then they went to court, and Cooper continued going to court, and uh, they could not settle. And at the end, Judge Motz uh, judged in favor of the state. That the food is nutritional enough. There's no need to go any further. Right. In, in light of the expense, you know, he, he made the, uh, the, the hashar, the balance. Between so, the so where do they go from there? Okay, from there, this is what occurs now years later. In two th so until that time, there was no program here in Maryland whatsoever based on the judgment of Mott's in favor of the state. Um, comes a, a candidate, O'Malley, uh, who eventually did win as governor. And uh, one of the Rabbonim... Uh, it's not a political show, right? No, no, no. Okay. In fact, he had promised, <laughs> just like Trump promised and kept his word, as we know, to, to make Jerusalem, the, you know, to validate that Jerusalem was the capital of the, of the thing and move the embassy. Obama, excuse me, uh, um, uh, O'Malley uh, had said that uh, to the Jewish people, you know, to, the, his, to those who were backing him, that if he comes in, one of the complaints that one of the uh, rabbis complained was that there is no program. It's time already. It's very bad. They can't get any decent kosher food. 2009 already, so that's quite a few years. And he gave his word that if he becomes governor, he will. And Kahoya. He became governor, and he sent out an edict 
you know, direct them, I should say, to his people that he wants by Pesach, I don't know when the governor gets sworn in, whatever it is, by Pesach, he wants a program in place. So they called me again. Um, at this time, of course, different people. Mr. West, who is the head director of all food service for the whole uh, state, a wonderful individual, he's now retired, very, very, very cooperative in every situation, and very serious-minded. And at that time, the head cha uh, chaplain here uh, in uh, Baltimore City and uh, in involved in the kosher and the, and the, and the, and the state uh, was uh, Rabbi Axelrod, uh, and he's right now also retired. And he gave us a directive, not to me, to them. He wants a kosher program in place. O'Malley did. O'Malley right. and Kachoyim, by, by Pesach. I get called, and we literally have to sit down. Again, he didn't say what it is. He just said that you got to, again, there is a budget issue. More than what they had, just whatever is certified. He wants a real program. At the same time, West, Mr. West, the director, had to deal with budget. He knew it was going to cost them more, but what can we do? So we sat down, the three of us, and literally from scratch, from scratch, had to write regulation. I never did it in my life before. It didn't exist. Not one letter, not one word was, was, was written. We had to come up with, with regulations of, of this new program that doesn't exist. So, of course, I had to make Mr. West understand what is the, the mm -hmm. issues. So, that, so we came up with first goals of what we're going to try to achieve based on how I explained to him what kosher was. So, we, of course, we spoke about bishalakum, that a Jew has to, cook, has, to, has to be Jewish cooking. The issue of meat and chicken, if there's no Jew watching it, that's another issue of Basra Simon Ayin. There is, whatever it is, Shabbos, Yomtev, Making a long story short, all that explanation to him, slowly, literally, it, 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 it crystallized that we can't offer meat because they can't have such a program with the mashkiach and everything, it doesn't work. So there's no meat in the program? There was no meat. One second, one second, let me tell you what happened. Maybe soy. Exactly. <laughs> so what happened was they realized that Bishul is anything that's oila shocham alochem for those you know, who, are on, who are listening, anything that would be an issue of Bishul akum meaning the criteria that is a problem of Bishel, was, uh, was, uh, had, to, had to be eliminated. Anything that was, um, even Shabbos and all that, and of course we had to segregate. Another thing, we couldn't have a mashkiach tamidi. And I do want to, one more time, before I forget, whoever's listening, this was only a consultation. This was not a star case certified it doesn't program. Meet, it doesn't meet the standards of the... Of no, the, no, no, of because the there's no mashkiach tamidi. Rabbi Axelrod... It's what, what we could do and what they were willing to pay for. Yeah, but, but it had to be allochically viable. Mm -hmm. okay. So Rabbi Axelrod was, was, in a sense, the Rav HaMachshir. He's a from Orthodox rabbi. Mm -hmm. He learned in Dalti Yeshivas. Uh, he's now retired. And, um, and uh, we came up with a Yoytzevanichnas situation in a separate area, whatever that system was. And we made a lacto-ovo uh, diet, which was everything was only dairy, Anything that was prepared in that kitchen that was under his hashkucha was not an issue of Bishel Akum because it was fake chicken, uh -huh. fake, you know, the tofu stuff, fake uh, meat. They had that flavor, but all that type of thing. Everything to do with bugs, they used either stuff that was pre-checked, 
but that's expensive. So instead, they simply eliminated it. Mm -hmm. So you had other vegetables, no, cucumbers. No, no romaine. Exactly. Lettuce, yeah. So they had cucumbers, tomatoes, everything else that's not a bug issue. How did they make sure they used different knives? No, so I'm saying everything was color coded. I got it to say one thing. And this I want to tell you. So forget it, I don't want to go with waste you know, okay. the time and every detail. Okay. It is a, it is, here is the, matter of fact, I have the original one that was given to me right here to review. This was the, this was the actual final thing. I had to actually, you can see these yellow markings and everything. I had to go through the, this is what we had originally wrote, and this was the final one here. Also, nothing to do with kosher. They had to deal with the fact of how do you control the people? One day, yeah, one day, not. Today, you're Jewish. Who's not Jewish? I got to tell you, Mr. West was an Eloi. Mr. West came up with such great ideas to avoid having just to make this whole program half great. She only directed for those who wanted it. So therefore you could only be on it, you can only change your religion every two months. Why do they want to change your religion? Because they because the food is better. The, the kosher food is better? Well it was. Uh -huh. The food is better. Wasn't there something How until they until Pesach came and then they all became not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, how many people were on this program in Maryland? I don't remember. I can't tell you numbers. Wasn't there a... I, I can't tell you. Remember, it didn't go by real Jewish necessarily. Right. There, there were more people on it than... Yes, absolutely. Were, were, were from Jews. But let me tell you what Wes did. A couple of things like that. He made it like... The, if you're found in violation, if they, if they see you eating a non-kosher meal, they warn you. After three warnings, you're thrown off the program. Uh -huh. So it wasn't like a hefker. Even... I don't know if you know, in, in jails, you get... You, get uh, you don't get money. You get credit. So if you work in the kitchen... You get so many credits, and you can cash in those credits in the commissary to get snacks and things okay. like that. If you were in the kosher program, they had in the computer that so-and-so is Jewish in the kosher program, and you couldn't get beef jerkies mm -hmm. for your credits. And if they found you doing that, you get violation. If you go off the program on your own, you cannot reapply on your own, not because of the warnings. On your own, you get off the program, you say, you know, I'm not Jewish, I don't need it. And you start eating treif. You can't change your religion back for a year. Mm -hmm. So again, the point being, I'm just throwing out a couple of things in the thing. That was nothing to do with kosher. That had to do with how to control this program. Just keep controlling. Everything was color-coded. And I want to end with one thing, and I think we should move on. The one thing i got to tell you, I used to go around with Rabbi Axelrod, and sometimes myself and we missed the West. I used to go into the penitentiaries. They have separate women, separate men's. Mr. West was literally... What was the difference? When I come into a facility, Star K gives a certification on something, right? We're the right. outsider giving a certification on the inside. Mm -hmm. right. Here, these laws, these regulations that were written For is not a Star K regulation. It becomes state regulations. So when Mr. West came in and he found, if I found a mixed up fork or spoon, it's not like, okay, Rabbi, okay, we're going to take care of it. Don't go like that. The manager got written up. If, they, if, she were, if she or he was not instituting these regulations that are on these papers to a T, you have violated like any other regulation that they have. And that made a major difference in their attitude toward the kosher program. So it's a, it's a semi-kosher. It's not really... Okay, but it's, it's a... Al-pi halacha, it's good, but it's that's exactly standard. What we did al-pi halacha, a yoytzvah and Mr. West used to take Rabbi Axelrod, unannounced, that's what I was going to ask you. They used doesn't, to go does, around. Doesn't he have to sign in? I mean, it's unbelievable. They know when he's coming. Okay, yeah, but you can't change certain uh -huh. things. If you're doing something wrong, he would find it. And and, and I got to tell you, you're Rabbi, saying the kitchen staff didn't know when he was coming. Exactly. Right. Rabbi Axelrod would go around the whole state. They would actually drive him 
from 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 what's it called? Uh, from facility to facility, all the way from the west Maryland to the east to the north to the south. And he used to call me if he had a Shiler, uh, something came up. He would call me Rabbi, Rabbi Axelrod. We would discuss many times after the program. But I got to tell you, it um, it definitely had a, a value. So now, where, where did it go from there after that? See, after it, that, it, it became it like sort of um, right. Became more popular. And after that, what occurred was that we started getting calls from other states who had also suits. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, more Jews were you know coming into the correctional program uh, facilities across the country, and they were suing for for decent food, and um, states were having suits. I don't want to mention the states, and they all came to us, but across the country, um, from the west coast to the east coast, and they. Um, and they called us trying to, they wanted to get an idea of this because they heard about this. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, if the state is doing it, it must be something value and it's cost effective. They, they're, trying to, they're worried about cost effective. And to meet the suit without having to overwhelm and litigate and all that. So they called us and I uh, clearly told every state that called me, I am not allowed to. This was uh, paid for and produced by the state of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Does not belong to the Star K. And if, you, if you're interested in getting a copy of this and what it's all about, I'd be glad to talk to you. But I never spoke to any state until I got permission, in this case was mm -hmm. Mr. West, to give permission that I'm allowed to. And he always allowed. Mm -hmm. I said, but, if you call West, they should call West. And if West tells me, yes, I have permission, I'll be glad to share it. Did other states do this? So what happened was they went into it. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know of any state that did the full thing. Mm -hmm. Either they did much less and they didn't, weren't willing to do this degree, so they, they, they did even less than this. Or they did more. Or the, the rabbis of that state who had, who had a, what's the word, a... Uh, a um, Interest? No, had some sort of uh, interaction with, okay. the, with the correctional facilities of that state, said they want more, more and they put pressure more on their like politicians. A real, a real, a real, a real meaning, meaning like a sealed, sealed meals, meals you get in a... Mm -hmm. You know, with, because, because our situation was was all fake meat, so you you weren't getting real chicken or real beef. You were getting the you know the vegan you know the fake. Do you know about the situation? Morning Star stuff. Do you know about situations in New York jails? Like, did they get um, okay? Did they get real the, the, the there is one that is that is specifically in upstate New York that um, and I think it's a smart thing they do that that they they realize it is much easier to bring. If there's any people who are who are particular about kosher, it doesn't be just orthodox. It could be concerned. Anyone who really wants a kosher meal, um, there's one uh, um, one in New York upstate that they have most of the people there. And this way, if we're doing it anyway, let's get everybody in. So one. they have a real. They have, they have a real. No, they have a real. Yes, to some degree. Remember, there's not have cares. It's not like you, you're allowed to do anything. But there is more allowing of the from inmates to be involved more in the kitchen because mm -hmm. because mostly inmates work the kitchen, so in this facility they have the from people working in the kitchen so they can turn on the fires so they're getting real chicken real beef they have minyanim they have shiurim they have dafyami uh, one place I know they even have a svardi and a separate svardi minion versus a Ashkenazi minion. <laughs> can I ask you a question? You don't sure. have to answer this. We've been talking here for 20 minutes about about uh, about um, uh, kosher behind bars. You don't mention the word prison. Uh, you say correctional facility. I want to call by what everybody else was. They say formally called. Right. So is there something? Is that is that not a nice? 
way of putting it? I don't know. I just want to call by where the professional, yeah, way professional correctional facility. That's what it says. Uh-huh. Okay. I see. Okay. It it's is not... a uh, whatever it is. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. So, okay, is there any... Um, so that, 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 that's, that, that's our involvement. Are you still oh, no, but there's more. Oh, there's more? There's okay. more. So now the other involvement now yeah. has become yeah. on the... So besides we, we actually were involved in the, in the program and involved in helping other states have approached us and things like that, now on a regular basis I'm in contact with uh, inmates either by mail or by um, reaching out. Can you help us? They, they are not getting in their state. or in their, Remember, we're not talking about... These states have something. Uh -huh. New York State has something. But don't think across the whole country, every penitentiary in Nebraska, you know, has a, has a kosher program. So, you, you so they contact So, for example, let me just yeah. read you one. Okay, fine. So this is a person reaching out. Now, you should know that they're not allowed to, that all letters are read going in and going back. Read by the... Uh, by whoever it is. Uh -huh. You have to understand that. And now they have uh, email. So I am never allowed to directly respond. It goes through a program called corelinks.com. You have to make a, an email address. It goes to them, and then the inmate can access it there. And again, now they're reading electronic mail. So, so I asked you before if you could print out some of those emails, and you explained to me that... That after, uh, that, I think, two weeks, it gets... Uh, it gets it, it's not an email like a regular email you have on no, your desktop. You have no. to go into the system. Either I copy and paste and save it, you, all right, okay, which I have on... I have an, a Otherwise, the emails, they, they delete them. Some of the, some of the inmates send me Devar Tires, believe mm -hmm. it or not. I'm not joking. It was before Yom Tavim, so we correspond with Devar Tires. Mm -hmm. And I put that... Uh, and I, some of them are good. <laughs> I said one person, you should write... Uh, he should write. Um, he's a he's a real you know yeshiva guy, and I and he um, I, I, he really has good devarters of his own his own because he's like the he's like the rov because okay. he's a it means a lot of Jews there who are not uh, they're Jewish but they're right. not uh, they went to yeshiva, right. and he goes ahead and he sends me some of the devarters and I, I love, and I told him I have a name for your okay. for your sefer you should call it uh, sefer Mati Asurim why <laughs> why Mati Asurim because he writes that. <laughs> He goes, when he sits and he learns, it takes him away. Uh -huh. He feels like he's not there. When he's sitting and I learned, you know, he did whatever he did. At Katim was at Katim. So I, that's what the Paskin has to be in, in, in the thing. But the tire for him takes him away. So I said, so that you should quote, say for Mati Asurim. It's the one thing mm -hmm. that is Mati you from the Asurim. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. he's, um, you know, it's a long. Anyway, let me just read you. This is a Yid that sent me. Um, just an example, right? Okay. okay, he writes, Shalom. I'm writing to you today because here at this correctional facility, I need some assistance. I really need, he writes, help really. We are having a major issue with what and how they are serving us our kosher meals. Not to mention where they prepare them as well. For breakfast, we get, listen to what they get, if they don't have any decent program. We get dry cereal, two teaspoons of, of peanut butter, two packets of jelly, one packet of graham crackers. The cereal and peanut butter are not in separate sealed containers. All the items I mentioned above are put into a clamshell style styrofoam tray and served to us within the general population with the not kosher. Lunch is hardly any different, with the exception that instead of dry cereal, we get some sort of vegetable, either a tomato, a cucumber, radish, or something like that, a few of them. So what is this complaint about the breakfast? It's not kosher. It sounds if peanut no, butter. No, he says other things. Peanut butter okay? could be kosher. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Jelly, he's, he's asking to help us to give a program. So I'll just uh -huh. keep reading a little over. So. Dinner and supper is even worse. 
For this meal we get a vegetable, same as lunch, three slices of bread, four packets of jelly, uh, packets of gra uh, graham crackers, and two scoops of cottage cheese. So, in other words, this is what everybody gets or just the kosher? The kosher. Oh, the kosher. The kosher. Because he can't eat the rest. I see. The regular people get... Are getting beef and chicken and all that. Okay. This is what he's getting because he eats so kosher. He's, he's, he's so this program here, I don't want to say which correctional facility this is, is it, he had nothing. So he asked me if we can get involved and help him. I, I'm not finishing the whole thing. Uh -huh. Getting involved. Others did write. That, I'll just read one more. Did that go anywhere? Yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you in a minute. Okay. I'll just read one more and that, that'll be it, just in a sample. We have a question here. Yeah, what is it? Josh is asking, did the inmates ever feel to the critical of being convicted criminals by requesting high standards of kashras? That's what we mentioned at the beginning, yes. I think, that that's not our, I mean, whether they do or they don't is not our uh, position to give them, you know, to criticize them. We feel that our job is to provide kosher if they ask. But it's also, I think, a little bit more than that, if okay. I may say. Ultimately, people do make mistakes, and people have to have to face the consequences of their mistakes. I don't think because a person the eight Saharawise somehow falters and fails, sure. let's say, in monetary issues, and that's why you're in jail because they, whatever that may be. And suddenly to say that just because you fault in one area doesn't mean you suddenly every rights of you. And the Supreme Court has validated that. That you have just because you go to jail doesn't mean you have it's bottom of utal, everything else. You can't be religious anymore. You have no rights to pray. So kosher for us is religion, and therefore, and there, and everyone has understood that it's not a diet fad. It's not part of you know I want to lose weight or whatever it is, and therefore it takes on a religious and therefore I have a right to. But but you're right. It, it's uh, it's not so simple. I mean I've heard I've heard others in the correctional facilities as I mentioned to you once who did comment on that, that they find it hypocritical, but uh, that's how I answer them, and they understand. I'm, I'm sure the people that mentioned that are not perfect either. Anyway, this person uh, wrote to me, my name is so-and-so, I'm 73-year-old Orthodox Jew. This one is typed. Yes. Hmm. I'm incarcerated within the correctional facility of a certain state, okay. and I've been fighting for years to receive kosher meals. This person is 73 years old. Finally, I found a truly outstanding, compassionate attorney who was willing to file a federal litigation on my behalf. And he goes on and on and on. I don't want to read the whole thing. He's asking me, uh, could us be able to be expert? Uh, um, uh, could his attorney call us and so on and so forth? And could he help to, uh, us to, um, to get that done, uh, you know, to help out? Uh -huh. um, I answered... So one of them, this is the same idea, um, and this is what I wrote, this is a sample of what I write back. I write that I am receipt of your letter dated so-and-so, uh, in it you express a great concern of whether your meals are kosher, and so on and so forth, um, and, but I say at the end, in your letter you request that I assist you in the endeavor of correcting this problem by making an unannounced inspection, this one was asking me to make an inspection. <laughs> This one will ask me, can we get involved? It's the same idea. Regrettably, I cannot, uh, being that the Star K, I cannot, being that the Star K does not have an authority in your state, and this is what I write back, I, can, I would be glad to help you to come in, but I have no authority in your place. If somehow you can convince the authorities to allow me to come in, I'd be glad to respond. You need someone to advocate. So someone has to advocate and ask me. I will, I will not go to the state and, and some of that. You have to go to, through the channels. If they call me, I'll be glad. And it ha has happened where post I have been asked to come in and to be at meetings 
uh, oh, I've had many times, mm -hmm. of how we could be, because there have been some issues and some corrections to the program, even in Maryland. And I've been at, at a round table as big as this, full of people, um, um, and I've given even two-hour um, orientations and uh, to the to staff of how to do the program. So I, I, I cannot go in without getting uh, to do, if somebody calls us and we will help, we could do, and it's always as a consultation, not as a, of course, a star K per se. Yeah, Josh wants to say, ask, are there non-Jews that request kosher because they think it's better food? I think we said that before. Yes. That there are. That's what right. You mentioned Mr. West was And that's what Mr. West out. was to weed <laughs> out. Right. Weed out. You can't change your religion every, every, and, every and Monday. He wanted to make sure, since it costs more, that it's only being directed to those who are truly Jewish. Now, he did not, if you say you're Jewish, that's all you have to sign a paper. There's a form. They're not going to go ahead and check your, your heredity. It's nothing like that. But if you say you're Jewish, you will be getting this food for two months. Mm -hmm. So just be aware. And you sign your name on that. Mm -hmm. So I told you, all those people the first year who got better food, Pesach, they all dropped out <laughs> when they saw what Pesach means. And once you, you drop out, you weren't allowed to become Jewish again for a year. You're the one just <laughs> to mention that there's an organization that has a pen pal program for Jewish inmates, and he puts up the, the, Correct. Uh, the, the website there. Uh, Moshe asks, is there a federal law mandating to give kosher food for religious reasons? That's what we're talking about. So we've said that. So I, the, the Supreme Court has had uh, uh, cases of religious needs, and that is what all the other courts have been basing the, uh, the kosher part on. It's sort of like a balance you're explaining, right? Once the Supreme Court poskined, I don't remember the name of it, but they all quote this one case. Turner? Is that Turner? Turner, right. The Turner, Turner case. Yeah. And the Supreme Court clearly said, in general, that that inmates have a right to the, to, to the, that their religious needs to be properly uh, addressed as long as they're and, you know, balanced with the needs of security and uh, cost. And co whatever it is. They just said that a concept. So mm -hmm. all, once that Supreme Court mm -hmm. uh, said that, all the other courts have said they understood that kosher food falls under that because it is a religious mm -hmm. need. And now they... Have to work out the practice. But, but i got to tell you that most courts so far... I looked at all the different states that I dealt with. Um, in the end, uh, most courts, 99% felt that the amount of food mm -hmm. that, was, that was available already mm -hmm. as kosher in the program, because as you know and I know from our experience at the Star K, in our day and age, when I first started the Star K in, 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 the, in the, you know, 33 years ago, um, I had to schlep food with me. There is not a place in the United so States... When you went to prison? You had to shut no, not this prison. <laughs> but when I used to go around the, the country... No, the country, to go to places. Flying, when you fly. So when I went to Alamosa, Colorado, for Shrita mm -hmm. or something, this, what do you, you have in Alamosa, Colorado? There's nothing. Right. But today... And now it's all available, right? There's no... You can't starve. You go into any supermarket mm -hmm. anywhere in the world. The bread, a, everything the has a mixture. The jelly, the Correct. peanut butter. Maybe not Kobe Stroll, that type of thing, but uh, Pasi Stroll, but uh, kosher, you're not... Uh, so let me ask you, some of these inmates also uh, consult you on halachic shilas also, right? Like what, what, what kind of... So the shilas... The, the problem is, is... This is the problem, is that inmates, even though they are, have access to email, and they are, have access to books, like uh, those who are litigating for whatever reason you know, appeals and things like that, that have access, and they have books for general entertainment reading purposes, but they do not have access to the internet. You're not giving internet uh, access. So any shilas that they come up, so the most common question I get from inmates are uh, kosher. Is this kosher or not? We see the product in the kitchen. Actually, it, does, it does may not have a symbol. And no symbol. Or it symbol they don't recognize, right? Mostly no. they don't have a symbol. Uh -huh. 
is this something that needs a symbol? Is this cereal kosher? Is that cereal kosher? Something new that comes up. Because they want to expand what they can eat. So that's the most common question I get. Other question I get is more of, of uh, um, uh, um, other things that they, that they don't know what to do, halachic things. So it would be, uh, for example, one person sent me recently, he had moved to a new correctional facility, and he, did, and he went from one correctional facility to another, not from the outside in, from inside to another place. He didn't know what the Zmanet Tefillah were. Mm -hmm. So he needed Zmanim Tefillah to know what's the early, because especially before Yontif, they wanted to daven early, whatever it was, that he had, they had a group of Eden there. And I sent them a whole thing. I actually had to write it, because I can't write graph. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not like a regular email. I had to physically write a whole thing of, of, uh, of Zmanim for him, uh, on things like that. Um, the other ones could be Shilas on, they had Shilas on Shabbos, Hilva Shabbos, what, what the, uh, the Goy can do for them, uh, to reheat food, how they should leave it. Do they have Sfarm? Sure, they have Sfarm. Yes, sir. There's Sfarm, they're allowed. Mm -hmm. the, uh, there's a, there's a um, that was made, the Aleph Institute yeah. does a great work. The Aleph Institute does a great work for all the Yiddish, Nebuch, the Yiddish, Neshamas that are in the, in the prison system of providing with them. I know recently in one place, I get an email from a prisoner, from a, uh, an inmate, that he, uh, they got him a safe attire to be able to lane. That's an unusual thing to get a safe attire. I thought you said in one of them they have, they have two million. No, 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 this is a different place. A different place. Remember, yeah. New York is very uh -huh. sensitive because there's so many Jehidim there. I, I told you, if you can have two minyanim of uh, <laughs> Sephardi, and, uh, okay, so you get already what you're talking about. I mean, they understand. So you're have, talking about outside New York. Exactly. Imagine, imagine they get a safe attire on making up a place in Nebraska. I mean, uh -huh. You know, to get into a, well, They're not familiar with this. It's not, I mean, meant the idea. Uh -huh. So the fact that they had uh, things like that. Um, I remember one thing that he didn't have a real minion. See, but he wanted to keep that, that he asked me a shayla. He wanted to keep that feeling, mm -hmm. to keep the people, the bren, you know, and some people were not from it. And a year from then, a year later, he, he sends me an email that he got them all from, you know, meaning Elisha Meshav is putting on tefillin. Um, uh -huh. And he, uh, I said to him, there is no restriction to laying from the tire. If you don't have a minion, just take out the tire and lay in the parsha for them. He knew, he knew, how, he knew how to lay. Just read the parsha. Just don't make brachas. Don't make. Uh, don't 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 bring up aliyahs. There's no iser. Uh, so things like that. You know they don't know. I, don't, I can't remember every shaila was asked. You know the. the but it's not just food shailas. It's, it's halachic shailas. The Chavetz Chaim has a little sefer called Nidcha Yisrael for uh, soldiers who were in the army yeah, in Europe. Right. A lot of those shailas, a lot of shasat chak things, things that are 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 difficult under difficult circumstances. Correct. Would be applicable. To the situation, it's probably going to be a good, a good, a good uh, place for them to, to look. Moshe wants to know why there's still uh, cases about receiving kosher food if the Supreme Court or the courts have have ruled that they are uh, allowed to. And the answer is that, like you said, it has to be balanced. So it's the not problem 100%. is is that any case, any case where there's a an issue going on that that, that Moshe is asking about, it's because they don't want. To, to, to keep eating cottage cheese. I don't want okay. just having just bread. I want chicken. I want beef. It, it, biffle, uh -huh. You know, how much can you eat this? Yes, maybe. How much peanut butter I told you, you the, the state, you know, when I was dealing with Mr. West on this thing, there was a nutritionist as part of the thing. Uh -huh. It has to meet nutritional value. But, you know, a person who's a vegan is not eating meat. You can't say that they are unhealthy. 
And that's their attitude. You know, vegans are not, you can't say that. But some people, and they badafka want no meat, no chicken. So therefore, in the state's mind is, why should we have to pay for chicken and meat? As long as it's nutritional, nutritionally uh, wholesome and healthy, why do I have to give you chicken and meat? Mm -hmm. And that's why usually that's where the fights are. Mm -hmm. Josh wants to know, could they be discriminated against if they openly act Jewish, the prisoners? I mean, I have, I have, from all my experiences of years, going back years now, the, I'm not telling you that there has not been discrimination. There has been severe discrimination. More covertly than overtly. They just make it difficult. I'll give you an example. I know one, one inmate was complaining severely. Vus, he's a from guy. What does he do all day? And he, and he wrote in his email to me, everyone else is watching TV. I'm not, I'm not interested in watching TV. Everyone's playing cards. I'm not, I don't want to play cards. I want to learn. I want to dive in. Whatever he felt was his in the Shama thing. Okay, so what do you care if I go into the all-purpose room, quiet, where they, where they have their minyanim, mm -hmm. if we want to spend an extra hour there? Why? And so when... I know for a fact when he got moved to a different facility, the head, this gets controlled by the head uh, chaplaincy. So the first place where he was, the, uh, there's no, I don't know how they choose who's the head chaplain. Head chaplain is the head chaplain of all the chaplains. But it, that, that person is obviously some denom denomination. This particular head chaplain of this particular correctional facility was someone who wasn't Jewish. I, I don't want to say necessarily who it was. Uh, what religion he was, but uh, one that is not very friendly to Judaism. And, uh, and he felt that he purposely made everything difficult. No accommodation if, for example... The inmate felt that... It, that constant! It nothing was uh, accessible. Nothing available. If, if you're given uh, 25 minutes to daven, let's just say that's the, that's the schedule on, your, on the clock, 20, uh, 26 minutes, uh, he would come and get you out. This other facility where he lived, where he was for a while, uh, the, the, the head chaplain, who was a, uh, a friendly person uh, toward, toward Judaism, he himself was not Jewish, but he was friendly and open and uh, a, more of, a, of, a, of a, a fundamentalist Christian, he was very, uh, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. hour, stay an hour. One other example, I'll give you one other example. Pesach. You know and I know, everybody knows, that Pesach, you cannot start a real Seder until it's mamish. You know, dark taste. Mm -hmm. Now, normally, eight thirty. Let's say, let's say it's eight thirty approximately. Even if you go with forty-two minutes, whatever it is after shkia. You know, eight thirty. Supper's been over already. Who knows how long ago? Everyone's already in their cell. Go, I mean, go to sleep. It's over. The day's over. So he needs an accommodation. To but not just that. Accommodation to go past mm -hmm. almost midnight. Mm -hmm. So th this guy wouldn't do anything. Wow. So he refused. He would take his food back. And make a seder in, 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 in his cell. He can't eat now. He would take his matzah, matzah they provided. He'd take his matzah, take his food, and take it back to the cell. And when it was time to eat, he'd eat. Mm -hmm. He had no choice. Did he get shmur matzah? Regular. No, whatever. Whatever they like, I don't know what, how that works. But I'll, again, the Aleph Institute helps a lot in this area. But the other, the other place, they made accommodation for all the Eden. It was uh, they accommodated them. They even let them do in this other place beer chametz. Just to do the beer chametz with, with control, mm -hmm. they outside in the field, they let all the Eden go out there and do beer chametz. So you're I mean, saying a lot depends on who's in charge. Who's in charge. Right. So to just answer his, his, his mm -hmm. question, mm -hmm. what's the next one? Um, 
there is a question about um, hypocrisy, which we discussed. Yeah, I know. Before. It's we discussed that before. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be an important, you know, interesting uh, question. Um, I do want to mention just uh, a couple of points, Rabbi Kurzfeld, sure. if I could. Um, people ask, what, what bracha do you make if you see someone who came out of prison? Mm -hmm. You make a bracha on him. There are two possibilities. One would be Shechionu, because you're happy to see him. You haven't seen him in 30 days. The other would be a Machai Mason. Right. You a year. Him in a year. A year right. So the idea of Machai Mason is because if you see someone, if you haven't seen someone in a year, you've passed by Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and now you saw them and they're That's still alive. Right. Right? They're still alive. So yeah. there is brought down in, 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 in Halacha that there's a bracha of Machai Mason. However, the postcom say, for instance, the Ben Ishchai says, he never heard of anyone making this bracha, even without Shema Malchus at all, and he's wondering why is it? It's because he thinks people, uh, when yeah. you make a Mechai Mesam, they feel sort of uncomfortable, uncomfortable right? Yeah, right. Where, where was I? Where, where was I? Right. I was dead. Difficult. So uh, that bracha is not, uh, we, we, we don't make, especially since you know that the person is alive, even right. if you haven't talked to him. Had there been a problem, something would have happened, you would have heard with the communications today. So there's not... That bracha is not made. But Shechionu, you could ask, do you make a bracha Shechionu? You haven't seen someone in 30 days. So the poskim um, uh, discuss a couple of reasons why in general, if you see your friend after 30 days, why don't you make that bracha? Why, why don't we do it? It's brought down in halacha. And uh, the reason that they say is because people will feel sort of pushed to say it. Let's say I'm not really that friendly with you, and I haven't seen you in 30 days. Correct. And now I, now I, now I, I oh, Rabbi Kurzweil, wow! So that you won't feel insulted. So that's why we don't generally make the bracha. But in a case, the poskim do say, Yeshevet Levi and other poskim say that if it's a really unusual case, the person has been really out of touch, and it's really unusual, you can make a shechiyonah. So if you really, the person has been away in prison, like, there could be a strong halachic basis to make a shechirani when you see him. Rishlama Zalman, his children lived in, I think, Belgium, and he hardly ever saw them. When he would see them, he wanted to make a bracha, but you don't really make this bracha, so he would take a fruit. He would take a... Ah, make a shechirani on a fruit. Make a shechirani on a fruit, and yeah, yeah, yeah. then he would say, yeah, yeah. Right, so, um, I see that we're discussing again, um, yeah. you know, the question of... of, of I, I, I do want to... Yeah. Yeah, I do want to make, uh, again, mm -hmm. I, I want to repeat this concept, I just want to add one, one point. Yeah. Again, I have read so many emails from so many uh, inmates and letters that I've received. You know, a person, as we all know, there's a thing called a wake-up call. I don't think, again, that it is our place to judge at least this one Nakuda. What drove a person to do whatever they did, whether it was Yetzar of money or any other Yetzar that it might have been? Um, ultimately, ultimately, now they have to face the thing and there's consequences to it. But I gotta tell you from the, from the letters that I've read, uh, if you, anyone thinks here they're having a wonderful time and even the kosher food that's given to them is something of, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're in Club Med or anything like that, and uh, trust me, they're, they're, their lives are right now uh, ruined. They have... Uh, not happy in that sense. They're trying to do the best of what they can. And I think that we have to realize that even getting any decent type of kosher food for them is some, some, at least, for them, it gives them some level of, of ruach and some level of, of humanity, at least humanity, to feel something. It's bad enough that they're there 
trust me, they're, get they're not feeling. They're not uh, on seventh heaven. So this is an important thing. It's bad enough that they're punished for what they're punished for. Kosher is a very vital part of our whole, uh, besides our religion, daily existence. And I think it's an important thing to try to provide them to the best of our ability. What, within the, I can't override the system. You know, ultimately, they're in control, the, the, the Department of Corrections. But at the same time, to try to work with them and try to convince them to give them as best kosher as possible. Okay, because that's very well said. On, uh, on, on, on that point, we will uh, end the uh, webinar. I want to thank everyone for joining with us, and thank you, Rebecca, for that. Sure, for having me. It's very interesting to, to hear about all the, you know, the details of it. Um, and if you want to see the uh, replay, the archives are available at our website, star-k.org, or on Vimeo, search for Star K kosher. Uh, uh, we just, just give us some time to put this webinar up there, but you can see the previous ones. Last month, uh, we, we, we talked about the, all the Shabbos lights that are out there, and right. the, the new Shabbos lights and such gadgets, and, uh, and uh, we, we hope that you find those interesting. If you have any questions or concerns, uh, you can email us at info at star-k.org or call us 410-484-4110. Thank you very much, Rabbi Chapman and Ms. Rosenstein, for your technical assistance. And uh, uh, we, we, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again, Rabbi Kurtzel. Good. Good. Good.